Yup, word nerds, it is that time again. You will be hearing Chris from England reading the fourth quarter of page 41. Do I have anything interesting to say? Have I listened to his episode uh, recently? No, because he sent it to me like a week or two ago and I edited it edited it right away and I have forgotten everything. Uh, so yeah, go listen to him right now. Hello, word nerds. It's Chris again from the UK. Uh, I have the honour and privilege to be married to Kate, who is one of Spencer's friends from way back when when everything was black and white. Uh, we're still ploughing through the A words here, and we're kicking off for this podcast with Among. So, join me, word nerds, as we go on a journey through the AM words. Among. Also, amongst. It's a preposition. And its etymological background is quite complex, uh, but we can take it back to the old English mengen to mix. Okay, so this has been around since before the 12th century. It is meaning one. Remember, this is preposition. In or through the midst of. Surrounded by. For example, hidden among the trees. Second meaning, in company or association with. An example here is living among artists. I love these examples. Number three, by or through the aggregate of. For example, discontent among the poor. Who'd have thought? That's because they're living among the artists or hidden among the trees, maybe. Number four, in the number or class of. For example, the wittiest among poets. Among other things, she was president of her college class. Two splendid examples there. Number five, in shares to each of. Uh, example here, like divided among the heirs. Number six, A, through the reciprocal acts of. For example, quarrel among themselves. Or B, through the joint action of. For example, made a fortune among themselves. For usage, see also between. Now, this one's a tricky one for me because I'm a bit old-fashioned in the way I speak, even for an Englishman, uh, and I tend to use amongst. So all those examples there, I would say hidden amongst the trees, living amongst artists, discontent amongst the poor, and so on and so forth, uh, quarrel amongst themselves. But you must understand that that's fairly unusual, that's fairly archaic, even over here. Uh, it's just, a, I suppose, a peccadillo of mine. Talking peccadillos, now we have Amontillado. Uh, this is our next word, Amontillado. Uh, plural, of course, Amontillados. It's a noun. It's uh, a Spanish. Literally, it means done in the manner of Montilla, a town in Andalusia. This one's from 1825. And, of course, it is a medium dry sherry. <laughs> and very tasty, if I may say so. Our next word is amoral. This is an adjective, it comes from around 1779, and its meanings are as follows. 1a, being neither moral nor immoral, specifically lying outside the sphere to which moral judgments apply. Uh, an example here is, science as such is completely amoral. And that's from W.S. Thompson, for those Thompson fans. b, lacking moral sensibility, for example, Infants are amoral. Meaning number two, being outside of or beyond the moral order or a particular code of morals. For example, amoral customs. 
This gives us the noun amoralism uh, and the noun amorality and the adverb amorally. And yeah, I, I've had quite a few conversations with students where I work about the difference between immoral and amoral. So it's nice to see amoral getting a shout out here. Our next word is amaretto. This is nice, seeing as we just had Amontillado. Amaretto, plural, is of course amarettos. It's a noun. Uh, we can, because of its uh, origin, we can pluralise it with amaretti, and that's how we often see it, certainly in this country. This is an Italian word. It's a diminutive of amore, uh, so love or cupid, um, from Latin amore. And it uh, stems from about 1622, and it means, of course, Cupid, or the second version of Cherub. Amaretto. Now, that's really interesting, because when I saw that, and I linked it um, just now to Amontillado, Amaretto, for me, is a, a drink, an almond-flavoured drink, alcoholic uh, liquor, or liqueur, as we would say over here. Our next word, word nerds, is Amarist. This one comes from 1581, and it is, of course, meaning in its first sense, a devotee of love and especially sexual love. A gallant or a gallant. Uh, number two, one who writes about romantic love. Uh, that gives us the adjective amoristic. Next word, amorite. <laughs> amorite or amorite? Or amorite. <laughs> Amorite with a capital A. This is a proper noun from the Hebrew 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 from the Hebrew Emori. Forgive mispronunciation. Fifteen thirty-five. A member of one of various Semitic peoples living in Mesopotamia, Syria, and Palestine during the third and second millennia BC. It does of course give us the linked adjective amorite. Next word is amorous. It's an adjective, of course. Unsurprisingly, it comes from amare to love comes from the 14th century, and its meaning, one is strongly moved by love and especially sexual love. For example, amorous couples. In its second meaning, being in love, enamoured, usually used with of. So we could say the example here is amorous of the girl. That's a clunky example, but I see where they're going with that. And it's nice to see the, a shout out for amorous of there. Number three, meaning A, indicative of love. Bracket, uh, uh, an example, received amorous glances from her partner. Or three B, of or relating to love. An example here, an amorous novel. Fifty shades of amorousness. It gives us, of course, the adverb amorously and the noun, which usefully I just used, amorousness. Next word, word nerds, is amorphous. I love this word. Uh, it's an adjective from the Greek of course, uh, a plus morphe form, so it's the without form, uh, comes from around 1731. That's ridiculously specific, around 1731. We're not quite sure when it was, but it was definitely 1731. Meaning one, a, having no definite form, shapeless, for example, an amorphous cloud mass. Meaning one, b, being without definite character or nature unclassifiable. For example, an amorphous segment of society. That's a bit bleak. Meaning 1c, lacking organisation or unity. An example here is an amorphous style of writing. Uh, 
meaning two, having no real or apparent crystalline form, an amorphous mineral, as an example there. The adverb is, of course, amorphously, and we have the rather clumsy noun amorphousness. Presumably, if you're without amorphousness, then you are amorphousnessless. Next word, word nerds, is amort, a word I've not come across. Uh, it's an adjective, and it's apparently short for all amort by folk etymology, um, from Middle French à la mort, to the death, as in fighting to the death. Uh, so, fighting to death. It comes from 1546, it's archaic, I'll say it's archaic. Being at the point of death. There we go, amort. Mm, not convinced by that. Our next word is amortization. This is a noun, it comes from 1851, and it means either one, the act or process of amortizing, or two, the result of amortizing. Now, what, you may ask, does amortizing mean? Well, let's find out, word nerds, because our last word for this podcast entry is amortize. It's a transitive verb. Uh, and it forms its past tense and form with amortized. It's present with amortizing. This comes from vulgar Latin, uh, ad mortier to kill, from Latin more, ad plus more, so to death. Uh, and it links to the word murder, apparently, um, according to this. So we, we, we come across this from 1867, amortise, and its first meaning is to pay off as a mortgage. Ooh, note the spelling of that, mortgage, of course. Uh, so you can see the cognitive link there. As a mortgage, gradually, usually by periodic payment of principal and interest, or by payment to a sinking fund. Two, its second meaning, to gradually reduce or write off the cost or value of, as an asset. For example, amortised goodwill, or, for example, amortised machinery. And that gives us, of course, the beautiful word to end our podcast with today, amortisable. And that's the adjectival form. Thank you very much for listening, Word Nerds. I appreciate your time. And uh, it's Chris signing off from the UK. Cheerio. All right. That was Chris. And in the previous episode, it was Kate. And uh, yeah, we will hopefully be hearing them again in the future uh, because I know that they like this project and are avid listeners and avid readers and very smart people with very cool accents. Uh, and it, you know, it makes things more interesting when you don't have to listen to me all the time. All right. Probably in uh, two or three days, I will be reading the next page page 42. And it's going to be a good one. Thank you and goodbye.